three, two, one. Welcome back to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I'm your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. Vigi Wonder, a.k.a. Vegan Markle, a.k.a. Tilda <laughs> Twinton, a.k.a. Mr. Satan from Dragon Ball V, a.k.a. Everybody Was Tofu Fighting, a.k.a. Super Pig, a.k.a. Batman Vegans. And I'm Ty. I don't have any good AKs like that. You had some good ones. I'm, I'm impressed. I appreciate that. That's why I do it. It's just for you. I know. It's it's for nobody else. Uh, but yes, the classic Ty comes back in his in his incredible new co-host position. How does it feel in that seat? It feels good, man. It, it feels special, you know? I feel like I'm sitting in the Mobius chair. Oh, d- unlike any other chair. <laughs> Such a special chair. Indeed, it is. And on this episode, we are reviewing Okja. This is the third Bong Joon-ho film that we've reviewed after Snowpiercer and Parasite. Yeah, I think as people can tell, we're a fan of his work. Uh, I think he has a lot to say. And uh, it's exciting doing his, doing his films. Exactly. So uh, do you have any housekeeping you want to get done? Anything you need to talk about before we get into this movie? <sighs> Not much. I don't think anything's really changed since the last time we recorded, unfortunately. So uh, now I'm good. So we're going to get right into the movie. Ty, give them the plot. Okja is about a young girl who risks everything to prevent a powerful multinational company from kidnapping her best friend, a fascinating beast named Okja. I kind of thought it was going to be a lot more complicated than that because I was trying to explain it to Dee earlier and um, I, did not, I did not say it as succinctly as you just did. Uh, I can give IMDB the credit for that one, so <laughs> they did a good job. IMDb has all the credits. Brought to you by IMDb, <laughs> the Little Pop Podcast. Upgrade to IMDb Pro today. Uh, no, I made that up. We're not sponsored by anybody. That'd be so cool if we were, though. Wow. You listening, IMDb? I know you're one of our eight listeners. Exactly. We're actually up to eight and a half listeners this week. Hey, all right. We're moving up in the world. I believe it was your suggestion to review this movie. Am I right? It was, yeah. Well, thank you very much for breaking my heart this afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know you hadn't seen this yet, but uh, as we've been doing some Bong Joon-ho films, um, this one was kind of close to my heart, and I thought we should do it. And what's interesting is, uh, we'll get into the stories in a little bit, but this came out, I want to say it was uh, shortly after I became vegan, but by that point I had watched all the gruesome documentaries and everything, and I was like, you know what? I'm not into it right now. I don't need it. So I hadn't watched it up until today. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think I'd gone vegan a little bit beforehand, but um, I needed to see it. So I did because I I can't bring myself to watch those documentaries. Uh, But this did come out in 2017. And today you were telling me about how you forgot how sad it was. I think it's because the trauma was actually repressed by your psyche. I think so, too. I I remembered it more as like like a Babe the Pig kind of film. Like there was like sad elements, but it was like a you know a girl and her her best friend on an adventure. But it is not that at all. Something that would, under other circumstances, translate very well into a Miyazaki film of some sort. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's pretty accurate. So, 
I think we should not bury the lead. Up at the top, we will, I want to say admit, like we're coming out, like we've committed a crime of some sort. <laughs> Uh, but the disclaimer is, uh, yes, we are uh, vegan or plant-based at the very least, depending on what you want to uh, call yourself, and we'll go into that in a little bit as well. Uh, so I want to say that our viewpoints regarding this episode and regarding this film are a little biased, but also I was eating like the rest of you for 27 years of my life. So, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good place to speak from. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, this film was not made for vegans. It was uh, it was made for everybody. And it just happens to have some undertones. But, uh, you know, being vegan and, and liking the message, I thought it would be a, a cool one to discuss. And I think anybody can enjoy the film and maybe educate themselves a little bit. So speaking of which, how about you educate us, Ty? Tell me a little bit about when you first went vegan, like what, what's, what's your story? What led you to do it? How long have you been doing it? And, uh, you know, what was it like? Absolutely. So, uh, when I met my girlfriend, she was vegan and I was most definitely not. I was a huge carnivore, probably one of the pickiest eaters you've ever met. Um, all I eat was, was yeah. uh, you know, burgers and chicken and, and French fries. So, um, I never, ever, ever planned on being vegan or vegetarian. Um, so we started dating and, you know, she started to educate me a little bit more about veganism and some of the benefits of it. Um, and it just wasn't something I was really interested in, but, uh, she showed me some documentaries like Cowspiracy, which went into, you know, the environment and it sort of really opened my eyes to, it's not just about the animals, right? There's so many other elements to it. Um, and in 2017, uh, for the Super Bowl. Went to my parents' house. We had a whole bunch of food, wings, cheeseburgers, you know, like all kinds of really like yummy but disgusting, uh, you know, not good for you food. And, you know, I stuffed my face and I felt so gross and I don't know why. And, you know, the next day I woke up and I felt kind of like bloated almost. And I was just like, you know, I, I should probably eat a little healthier. Let me uh, let me try to go ve vegetarian for a couple weeks, see how hard it is. Let me just give it a try. You know, mm -hmm. so I did it. Um, I did it for about a month and I was like, all right, that wasn't so bad. Let me keep it going. I kept doing it. I, I went vegetarian for a while and then um, I had to have surgery on my esophagus, um, a, a surgery where they basically laser off the bo bottom of your esophagus. So it's easier to eat because my esophagus stopped working. Um, they don't really know what causes it, but it started to make me wonder, you know, why in my 20s I was starting to have health issues. And a documentary came out actually, I believe the week of my surgery called What the Health. And I watched that and it really, really opened my eyes to some of the health benefits of a plant-based diet. Um, and I decided, you know what? I couldn't eat a lot of foods because I was recovering from surgery anyway. I was like, let me give it a shot. So I just didn't introduce dairy and meat back into my diet. Um, and I did that for a while. Uh, and it wasn't easy. There were times where I cheated. I would have a, a slice of pizza here or there. I went on vacation to England. And I, I had some, some stuff there that wasn't vegan. Um, but I kept going back and trying it and trying it. And finally, in July of 2017, um, I had some pizza for my birthday. And I felt so sick. Like It felt like having a hangover. And uh, I didn't drink for my birthday, surprisingly. So I, it wasn't from that. And I had just this really disgusting feeling. And I said, oh, my God, it's got to be the cheese from the pizza. Uh, my body had started to reject it. And I decided that would be the last time that I would um, ever eat anything that wasn't vegan. And, you know, I, I've done my best to, to maintain a plant-based diet. And, you know, every once in a while you eat something and the ingredients aren't uh, obvious right away. But for the most part, I've been pretty faithful. Yeah, and I think that's a really important part that people don't understand. It's like, 
um you know they think it's like so strict like um like going sober almost like oh if you mess up one day then you just ruin the whole thing you're a hypocrite you shouldn't continue the lifestyle um you know but it's it's really just a a day by day kind of thing especially when you first begin it because it 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 is like weaning yourself off of an addiction. It re- it really is. It really. I mean, I would dream about cheese for the first like two months. It was it was crazy. I didn't realize how addicted I was to it. I would have dreams about pizza and grilled cheese and like it was literally an addictive substance for me. Um, and then when I finally broke that addiction, it was so freeing. Uh, you know, I I just stopped missing it all of a sudden. And it, I've never had the craving sense, really. You know, I, I've, I've been good ever since. So it, it really uh, it was pretty eye-opening. I, I didn't realize I was a slave to that stuff the way I had become. Yeah, the, the I don't remember exactly which documentary it was, but they did show that there were studies that concluded that um, dairy is more addictive than, what was the drug? Was it cocaine, I think it was? They like had, they had lab mice choose between dairy and cocaine, and they would go for the cheese. I thought it was heroin, but I could be wrong. It might. It probably was heroin, but uh, yeah. I don't. I, at this point, all the documentaries have like blended together because yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen What the Health. Um, you know, I, I I've seen Cowspiracy. What was the other one? Forks over knives. Forks over knives. A, a great one. Yep. Yeah. So I guess uh, we'll go into my story then. Now, like you said, you would would eat some, you know, some pretty decadent carnivorous items, but. But you you were the picky one. Me, I would eat anything that came across my plate. Uh, I wasn't a huge seafood guy, but, you know, once in a while, if you, you know, batter it up and deep fry it, I'll eat almost anything. Uh, but, yeah, there were the wings, burgers, hot dogs, sausages, um, lamb, goat. It You know, it, it didn't really matter what, what kind of meat it was. I, I would eat it. I would eat it at inappropriate times of the day. Like if I was making an omelet for breakfast or something and I didn't have any meat to add to my sandwich, I would like I would like fry up some chicken and do like a chicken and egg omelet or something. Wow. Uh yeah. Or or any any salad I made, I would have to throw uh meat onto it. Like there was no meal I had that wasn't complete unless it had meat. Rhyme unintentional. <laughs> um, I think that that's something a lot of people, uh, especially in American culture, believe you need to have meat as like the centerpiece of your meal, you know, like the veggies and stuff, they're, they're on the side, they're, they're just not as important. Um, and I think compared to a lot of other cultures around the world, you know, they, they don't feel the same way. So definitely, you know, I think the same thing for me, it was like, you know, what was my meat? And then I would throw something on the side. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a very American thing because, uh, like a lot of Asian cultures, uh, are just the first ones that spring to mind. There are probably a, a bunch others, uh, but yeah, it, the meat is just kind of like an additional part of the meal. It's not the main course. The everything is very well balanced. Now, um, so obviously my meals were not very well balanced, and for some time I had been listening to a, a leftist talk radio podcast called Citizen Radio, and both of the hosts were vegan. And the thing was, I'd been listening to it for years while still eating meat because they never really preached the vegan thing too much, which I think is important. And, and we can talk about that a little later as well. Uh, the whole preachy aspect of, of being vegan, the, the you know, the stereotype that there is. They never really preached it. They talked more about politics and current events and social issues and things of the sort. But there was one episode where one of the hosts, uh, Jamie Kilstein, 
he had an interview with Kat Von D. Kat Von D, of course, is a famous tattoo artist. And she had shared this story about um, a, a like virtual reality simulation that was made by people who went undercover in uh, in I want to say it was a slaughterhouse. And like you had the option to like go into this first person view next to a pig. And she said that she saw that the pig had eyelashes and it made her think about like, oh, wow, like we have eyelashes, you know, pigs. And it kind of humanized the pig to her. And I'd been aware for some time that if there's any source that humans can have of, uh, of making money, they will exploit it as much as possible. And food is no exception. So I'd known that that factory farming wasn't great for the environment and uh, not even just that. I'd known that it was outright bad for the environment. I'd known that animal cruelty was happening and slaughterhouses and everything. And uh, But I never really made the connection. I never made the connection that this patty on my plate was this living being. I never made the connection that uh, even these wings that I would eat. And I wasn't a boneless wing guy. You've seen me tear apart uh, wings at wing nights. Oh, yeah. I would I would sometimes eat 30 wings in a night. Now, divided by four, uh, on average, how many chickens became quadriplegics for that? Oh. At least like seven? At least seven chickens? Yeah. Nine? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not great at math. But the point is I would eat a lot of wings. And, like, these are the ones where it's really hard for you to pretend like it didn't come yep. from an animal. Yep. You know? It's, you know, you're literally eating, like the 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 muscle and ligaments and cartilage out of out of this limb it's like you know tearing it off uh but it's it's cooked so crispy and in buffalo sauce and everything but you still don't make that connection uh, right like you don't realize you're doing it i never made it but once in a while and you'll still see it now with anyone you know who eats meat like if they come across something that reminds them it was once an actual animal they get grossed out by it like oh there's an artery it's like well yeah, it's fucking flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. from a living being, of course. Um, so I'll try and sum this up as quick as possible. So um, it just kind of got me thinking. And then I remember that night, uh, Dee came over and we were going shopping, seeing what we were going to make for dinner. And she was like, oh, you want to have ribs tonight? And I just looked at this this slab of ribs in the supermarket. And I was like, no, like, n- no, thanks. Um because it's it I literally just saw that it was bones with meat on them like you know just cut out of something and that was just gross to me and it was less about the idea of like all oh, the poor animals which is there but it was more about like ugh <laughs> it's just yeah, gross yeah so we had some sort of chicken dish that night and um you know as the coming weeks followed I started doing a gradual thing which is another thing that happened in your story and people don't realize that either it's not always a it's not always a um a cold turkey or tofurkey if you're into that kind <laughs> of thing, you know. There I am, but but it can be a gradual thing for somebody. Meat was a huge part of my diet. I had to see if I could do it, so I looked up how to make a tofu scramble because breakfast is my favorite meal of the day, and I was able to make a tofu scramble and actually like it without meat. And I was like, huh, maybe I can do this. So slowly but surely, I started going vegetarian. I started watching more documentaries and educating myself about it. And uh, Dee was watching them along with me. And um, it kind of just helped bolster uh, what I was doing. When I, the more facts I got, the more information I got. And then 
I realized I was still eating uh, eggs and still eating dairy. And it came to the, I came to the conclusion that it's hypocritical for me to not eat meat because of cruelty to animals, but continue to support the dairy industry, which when you do research into that, in some ways it, it, it's arguably worse. Yeah. So I started feeding that out too. And uh, it was the dark times. Yeah, you know, definitely. there were vegans before us and they had it rough. But, um, you know, for, for me, like I went an entire year without cheese. And that was actually like what I missed the most that year. Um, but, you know, now there's substitutes for everything. There really and are. Other, yeah. And like you said, sometimes you do slip up because you didn't know something was in whatever you were eating. And yeah, that happens to me. Or for me, honestly, a lot of it's like the cruelty-free stuff. Like sometimes I can't afford uh, toothpaste that's super expensive and I, and and cruelty-free, and I have to go for something that's name brand, even though I know like they they have questionable ethics regarding animal testing. Like that that that's the tough. That can part. be that can be really difficult. That can be one of the hardest parts of it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a a class issue as well. Like I've I've received that argument that people are like. Oh, well, not everybody can afford to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I, I get it. I, I am the lower class. Trust me. I, I know. But, you know, you do what you can. And in this, in this instance, that's, that, that's all, all you can do. You know, just because I might have Crest toothpaste instead of Tom's toothpaste, it doesn't mean I should be like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm going to have to eat a steak tonight. <laughs> like, you know, you, 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 do your can, you do what you can. And everybody does their own part. Yeah, and I think just choosing not to put, you know, a piece of meat or dairy on your plate it's the least you can do, you know, for the planet, for the animals, and, and probably for yourself as well. Yeah, and I mean, we'll, we'll bring up some facts here and there, but at this point, it's not really our job to educate you with all of the all of the statistics and, and, and all the history behind, oh, well, you know, because there wasn't a lot of uh, meat available in World War II to these, um, to these nations that had to house soldiers because the soldiers were eating meat. The cases of heart heart disease went down drastically in these people's <laughs> yeah. uh, communities. Like, like I'm not going to be the person other than that. Um, I'm not going to be the person who's doing that now. Like, look up the documentaries. Look up the facts yourself. Absolutely. I'm here to have a good time, talk with my best friend about this heartbreaking movie, answer some questions that we have at the end oh, from yeah. our own friends about veganism, and, uh, and just – and just review this movie because it's 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 a good one. You know, it's a funny funny thing I want to mention though that we both went vegan the same year, but didn't. I don't think we realized that each of us was going vegan. Like I don't I don't think we were hanging out as much. It was just like stuff going on in life, and I think it just happened to happen. Which I th you know I think it was kind of weird. That it really is like. I mean, we, we get into the same stuff at the same time usually, but normally it's because one of us told the other person about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we've lived together several times, but like this was one time where I think it was like totally separate and we just both happened to come to it. So that's kind of uh, kind of interesting. So I feel like that's why this is a good movie for us to discuss. Yeah, and it's in completely different ways too yep. that we that we came to that conclusion. Um, but, but here we are. So I guess we'll just start at the top of the movie and work our way to the end. Sounds good to me. All right, so Bong Joon-ho brings back his best friend, Tilda Swinton, who I call <laughs> Tilda Swinton because she plays a set of twins here who are the heiresses to a multi-million dollar, maybe billion dollar um, meat company. And I believe their whole thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, they have liberated all other animals in the livestock industry by producing a super pig? Uh, I think what they're saying is that they don't have enough resources to keep feeding the planet. 
which is a which is a common argument for why veganism is the way to go because eventually um, we're not going to be able to feed people on a meat diet. So I think what they're what they're doing here is they're trying to find an alternative plan, and by uh, breeding these super pigs that have extra meat can feed more t- more people than the average pig or or cow. Um, they'll be able to end world hunger, so to speak. Great, thank you so much for that. And as as we both know in real life, uh, that the practices of factory farming are not sustainable. Uh, the amount of water that it takes up, the amount of uh, granary uh, that it takes up to feed livestock, um, and the amount of emissions that it that it puts out into our environment, uh, adding to climate change. It's just not something that we can sustain and that anybody who usually lives lives near one of these uh, factory farms, that they end up having to put up with the waste from this on their land. And it's it's terrible for their health. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And this corporation um, of these two twins have inherited from their father is called the uh, Mirando uh, corporation, I believe, right? The Mirando, which, yep, the Mirando corporation. Um, which I think I've, I've heard that it might be for, um, you know, a, a cover for Monsanto corporation, which is an actual oh. corporation in the world known for, um, genetically engineering crops and just being a downright, like pretty evil company, uh, with a really oh. bad. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that's where they were going with that. Okay. So I didn't even know about that reference. That's, that's pretty cool. Like they, you know, they were pretty far, you know, pretty straightforward with it, it seems, too. Um, so, yeah, so she tells the world in 2007 all about this super pig that was miraculously found in Chile, and they were able to, through ethical mating practices, have this super pig, uh, you know, con- continue to mate and, and spread, and they were hosting this big contest. I believe they sent 26 super pigs out. And if you, and if, if you can't visualize what a super pig looks like in your head, A... Google Okja, and you'll see what this super pig looks like. Or B, um, imagine a uh, a hippo that's about twice the size of regular hippo, um, with floppy, adorable ears and human esque eyes. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. And and that's that's your super pig. Uh, so they send these super pigs out, and they, you know, like you said, the whole goal is that these things are so large that they can feed so many more people. Every part of the pig, uh, I believe it even produces milk from one efficient nipple. And um, and they send out to, to 26 different countries these super pigs to see who can raise the best one, and they'll find out in 10 years, and that person gets some sort of prize for raising the best super pig. Yeah, I don't know if they ever specify what the prize is, but that's more or less what the, what the plot is. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we fast forward... 10 years, and we meet Okja, who is one of those 26 super pigs that has been sent out. Um, she's being raised on a farm in North Korea. Uh, I'm sorry, South Korea. And Whoa, whoa. <laughs> probably not Jeez. North Korea. Yeah, they, I don't think they would be involved, but you never know. <laughs> no, in this American business venture. <laughs> right. Well, then again, Trump's made friends with the... Anyway, uh, so legitimize, legitimizing <laughs> dictators, <laughs> Trump. Uh, so Mija, right? That's the that's the main character's name, Mija. She's a young girl who's yes. grown up with Okja on this farm with her, I think, grandfather. Um, and you know, I believe it's her. It's it's older guy. It's either <laughs> yeah. grandfather or uncle at this point. Yeah, they meant they mentioned her parents briefly. They are both unfortunately passed away, but they never specify who this man is. But I'm assuming it's her grandfather. Um, and, and if I could cut in real yeah, quick, sorry. 
Um, the fact that both of her parents are dead is adding to my going theory that this girl is a superhuman. But that that'll, <laughs> that'll come up further in the movie. Continue. Dude, don't ruin the plot of uh, Okja Two. All right, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Okja Two, the reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> Payback's a bitch. Uh, so, <laughs> Meech has been helping raise Okja, and they're best friends. Like, imagine your your dog growing up, or, or your favorite cat growing up, you know, and, like, Dave growing up together on his farm. Um, you know, Okja's now, I guess, an adult size. She's very large, but they're very playful. They're always, you know, picking fruit and, and running around the hills. They, like, live up in the mountains, and, uh, you know, they have a pretty good life together. And uh, just tying into our review of Parasite, once again, just a super beautiful film. And uh, right out of Studio Ghibli, right? Or is it Ghibli? Um, either one I've heard. Dude, I don't want... <laughs> is Vanessa going to come I, for me in my fucking sleep? A Miyazaki film. I don't... A Miyazaki <laughs> Okay, this is right out of a Miyazaki film. You had this little girl and this huge Totoro-looking animal, uh, you know, just bumbling around the woods, having fun, going through waterfalls and stuff, uh, you know, picking peppers or, or whatever fruits they had. And it's really adorable. They show you this awesome bond that this that this early teenage, maybe preteen girl has with this, you know, this this big, adorable oaf. It's awesome. Yeah, you think it's like this going to be this cutesy adventure film, right? Like that's what I would get from from the beginning of that movie. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> thought it was going to be too. So, so uh, Meech is under the assumption that her grandfather has actually purchased Okja, and that they're going to keep her. Um, she believes that they sent money. That you know they're keeping Okja forever. She's not going to go back to the uh, Miranda Corporation. But her grandfather um, informs her that someone from the corporation is going to be coming to visit, and she's not sure why, and she thinks it's for paperwork. Uh, but little does she know that they're actually coming to take Okja because they never they never bought her. You know, they, I don't, whether their grandfather didn't have the money, uh, I don't even know if he actually tried. You know, I think he tells her eventually um, they, they wouldn't let me buy her. But my assumption is he didn't even try because he seems like, you know, he they're pretty poor and he, he needs the money more than that. He needs Okja. Yeah, it, it definitely does uh, look that way. Like at first I was like, is he, you know, just kind of a victim of circumstance here? Or is he is he telling her the truth that he didn't know? And it does turn out that he is just kind of a, a sellout piece of shit. <laughs> as, as we find out a little, a little further in the movie. Yikes. Uh, but I actually I actually wanted to uh, go back to Tilda's speech at the beginning real quick here. She, uh, you know, she mentions that this super pig, like, uh, she has this whole public persona of the Mirando Corporation, that it's going to be this new um, organic and, and eco-friendly thing. And it says they're, you know, like, basically they're going to be raised ethically and, and, uh, and sustainably and all this other stuff. Naturally, yes. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the speech, she goes, and of course, we need to make sure they fucking taste delicious. Like oh, it, yeah. it, that right there, it, that didn't bring up the irony of this whole like, oh, we're ethically raising our livestock and, you know, uh, they're free range and blah, blah, blah. But we will kill them anyway. Um, you know, it, it, it just it just seems kind of contradictory, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how kind they are to them, because in the end, they're going to slit their throat and eat them. You know, it's like. Uh, and that's unfortunately the way the the meat industry is. Yeah, and another unfortunate fact is that to actually raise animals ethically and sustainably is so tough for farmers who want to do it the right way. Uh, you know, it's it's next to impossible for them to do that and to make ends meet. So they either, you know, 
fall short of the factory farms or end up becoming part of that industry. Was that, was that a pun intended or ends me? Oh, damn it. Uh, of course it was. I'm a fucking comedic genius. It was, it was such a pun. That was good. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the people with the paperwork come and um, they also have Jake Gyllenhaal's character. What's his whole deal? So he's Dr. Johnny, right? He's like this uh, really popular television I think he's a veterinarian and animal lover. He's like he's like a cross between like Ace Ventura and uh, and Steve Irwin. And Steve Irwin, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what I thought. He really is. It's Jake Gyllenhaal doing his best uh, Jim Rash impersonation. Yeah, as far as I can tell, he's so fucking over the top. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim Rash. He he played the dean in Community, and like it's exactly <laughs> that sort of caricature. That's good. Um, now, was he made to represent someone in in real life, or was it just like the idea of like, oh, you know, celebrities claiming to love animals? But I think it was a generic thing. Out. I think it was the idea, like, you know, he on the surface he's like this lovable guy, he likes to have fun, he loves hanging out with animals, he loves animals. He says it throughout the film, like he loves animals. But at the end of the day, he doesn't actually give a shit about the animals, right? Like he gives a shit about his ratings, about being popular and famous. Like that's what he's worried about. Yeah, so uh, so he's actually part of this crew. Uh, he's the face of the up. company now, right? He's the he's the new face of the Mirando company. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a big deal. So he's the new face of the Mirando company, <laughs> and he, uh, and you know, and he and his crew make their make their way to the to the top of this mountain to see Mija's family and what they've done with their super pig. Now, from what I understand, at least in the beginning, it seems like Okja is like the most beautiful super pig there is. Yeah, it seems like they did the best job with her. You know, they 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 somehow were able to make the best super pig. Um, and they actually asked the grandfather, you know, how he did it. Um, and he said the secret was he lets he just lets her run around. And yeah, I th- and I love that. Yeah, I think that's really great because you know uh, a lot of factory farming you have animals shoved into cages. You know. Uh, you know, just like stuck together. They have no room to roam. They, they don't really have much of a life. But here you have this super pig who has free reign of the area, who's getting to roam around and eat to its delight and like have a really good life. And it raises obviously the healthiest, best one of all of them. Yeah, like that's the way to raise your best animal is to just let them live their life, you know, the way they naturally would. Let yeah. Them have a- a, a good life. Not to get into like science of it, but if you look at uh, other countries, like you know, let's say England, for example, they have a lot of animals free roaming in the countryside, and you know they do eat them. But um, you know, if you're there, you see it. They they don't have like the same. Uh, it's a lot healthier than meat. They claim you know there's there's not all the antibiotics in them because they're not crammed together, getting sick. You know, it's it's a lot more natural. So you know, you don't have as much um, tainted meat, so to speak. So even if you are eating meat, uh, you know, at the at the very least, you, it's it's better for you to consume. Like it behooves the average meat consumer there to to let the animals live the best life they can before getting slaughtered. Yeah, I don't think anyone can argue against that. You know, whether you eat meat or not, like it, it's just a fact. You know. So yeah, so they do this whole uh, interview piece in which they they make uh, you know they they make it like out to be this great thing like oh the the farmer's great uh you know Oakja's winning this award and and Oakja's the best and everything and uh then they just take her away yeah and the grandfather gives Mija a golden pig to uh to make up for the fact that he couldn't buy Oakja 
first claiming that the golden pig is an heirloom of some sort passed down and then coming clean and saying like, oh, well, I just put the money into buying this golden pig instead. But, uh, you know, but despite their, I mean, it seems like a pretty sweet housing setup they have yeah. from the outside view, but, uh, you know, it's still pretty humble. Uh, but despite their, their humble setup, uh, you know, Mija doesn't care about the money. She wants Okja. This, like you said, would be like just selling off your family dog. Yeah. I mean, I think it says a lot about the fact that to him, you know, having this golden pig means more than having Okja. And he's helped raise her for the last 10 years. Yeah. Like you got to wonder, you know, even if you are raising something uh, to slaughter it, like, do you not become attached to it in some way? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you hear different things, and a lot of times people don't. And it's it's interesting. I'm not sure how you how you don't get some sort of connection, but I guess it depends how you distance yourself and you view it. Yeah, like I guess it's just that he's of an older generation, and that's what they believe. He was like, "All right, I raised this thing for meat. That's what I was doing from the beginning." And uh, you know, Mija raised Okja as a friend. Yeah, I think even before you or I went vegan, if we were in Mija's position, we would probably have the same mindset as her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could have raised an animal and then just killed it. Well, you don't know what darkness lies behind my eyes, Ty. <laughs> There's a lot of darkness there. There is. They tell a story. Uh, but no, that that's absolutely right. Uh, you know, it. I was like those people who, whenever I see proof that what I'm eating comes from such a bad place, I would push it away. And I would even feel guilty when other people were uh, living a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle around me. You know, like when I first met your girlfriend, that was my go-to. Like, oh, you know, you you only eat vegetables, blah, blah, blah. And and just no reason to, to yeah. make fun of it at all. Because cause it wasn't like she was like, oh, I eat plants and here's why you're a piece of shit for eating meat. It was just, I eat plants. Yeah, I think I think we were getting food once when we were with her, and like she wouldn't eat any of the, the you know, the meat or or eggs or whatever we had, and we were just like, we were both making fun of her, like, oh, like, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? Why, why do you do that? And really, there would be no reason to lash out preemptively like that unless we felt somewhat guilty and knew that it was just wrong. Yeah, we were projecting our own feelings onto onto her and and you know anyone else that we've you know that we would meet and and was vegetarian or vegan. I, I did that all the time, unfortunately. And we've both received that back tenfold ever since going plant based <sighs> in our adult lives. All the time. I mean, all I used to have a uh, I'm an assistant manager. I used to have a store manager who would probably make a joke about me being vegan every day. Every day, I would come every to day? work almost every day. It was like his go-to thing for me. Like, oh, it's the vegan, blah, blah, blah. You know, he'd be like, he'd order a pizza for the crew. Don't worry, it's vegan. He'd wink at me like, I just eat it all the time. So I've definitely gotten payback for my sins. It is pretty ridiculous. I guess my comeuppance uh, is when I fell in love with a girl who comes from a uh, hardcore conservative uh, right-wing family. And um, a, a, a hunting family, a hunting family, mind yeah. you. Yes, a hunting family. Uh, and we could talk about hunting uh, during this podcast as well, because I have my own feelings about that. Yep. But um, but yeah, and, and they had actually known me to eat meat and everything. But like, as soon as I made that change, it was just like, oh, why are you doing it? Blah, blah. And, the, you know, the, the, the you know, that's what, like the jokes were coming. And I've been vegan for three years now, Ty. The jokes just still keep coming. They just keep coming, right? They never yeah. get old. It's crazy. It, not to them. Um, you know, to me, I'm just like, all right, like, 
whatever. Like, I, I'm not the one who has a problem with my lifestyle. And uh, they aren't necessarily, but, like, clearly there's something. Like, you know me. I'm a voice actor. I'm an artist. I play disc golf. I've been a martial artist. I, I, uh, what else do I do with my life? I do a million different things with my life, and yet the fact that I don't eat meat is the primary thing there is to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I know it's crazy. Like, I could not even bring it up, and somehow, somehow, someone else will bring it up in regards to it and try to poke fun at it. It's like, oh man, I'm just keeping it to myself. Why even bring it up? Yeah, like I go out of my way not to bring it up, um, but but somehow it still does. And it kind of sours me uh, to people who are legitimately asking questions about it too, because there are those people and like, they'll ask you a question and you'll just be like, fuck off. And they're like, no, really, like I want to know, I want an answer to this question because I'm curious about it. Like once people see that you're, courageous enough to make that change and fucking courageous does sound kind of hyperbolic i guess it's a it's a big it's a big change you know you have to change your whole life basically to do that you know um you you have to make that choice every day every meal you eat you know every action you take in in some ways you know to to live that lifestyle so it's a big commitment um and i think you know it's weird you get like I feel like when you tell when people ask or they find out, they either make fun of you, they have questions, or they're like, "Good for you," you know? Yeah, that's the wild thing. There was a guy I used to work with, who uh, who also came from that like, you know, my I come from a family of hunters. I'm a bow hunter. Um, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. Um, <laughs> and and he was like, "You're vegetarian or vegan?" I'm like, "Vegetarian." He's like, "All right, all right, cool. I respect that. I respect that." Yeah, I've heard that too. A lot of people will be like, oh, vegetarian, I get, someone told me. But he's like, that makes sense to me. Vegan's just weird. And what's so funny is like, I I still feel that way about like raw vegans too. Like there are people who will eat only plant-based, non-animal product meals and not cook them either. And to me, that's wild. But then again, three years ago, just not eating meat and dairy was wild to me. So who knows? That's true. You know, there's so many levels to it. You could be plant-based where you don't even eat like vegan substitutes, like meat substitutes. Um, vegan where you eat that stuff, you know, raw, plant-based. There's so many levels to it, like once you get involved too. So let's go through the next level of the movie then. Yeah. Um, so Mija takes it upon herself to steal the gold pig and go to the city of Seoul to... Uh, to to find Okja or or at least talk to Okja one last time before she gets transported to America. At this point, Mija doesn't even know what's going to happen to Okja. She just knows that Okja's going away. Yeah, and, and I think it's important note, to note too that Mija is not vegan or vegetarian. Uh, she is seen um, hunting. Uh, she gets a fish and they eat fish one night. Um, and she yes. also her grandfather mentions her favorite meal is like a chicken stew. So, you know, it's it Oh, that's right. They're not they're not beating you over the head with the with the vegan stuff. You know, they just they just want you to be aware of it. Yeah, like it's not a matter of like the only way you can be a hero in this film is by being vegan. I don't even think they mention the word vegan. They don't even mention the word plant-based. It's just about one girl loving one animal against corporate greed, right? That's what, that's what this yeah. movie's really about. It's about corporate greed. Yes, uh which Ooh, okay. I'm not going to spoil anything yet. Uh, so, so she goes to the city, finds that, you know, it's, it's a very different place from where, where she was raised up in the country. And, and there's this moment where Okja is getting transported and the guy who's like the head of the PR team, he doesn't want people taking pictures of it. They're like, they're like, listen, take pictures later. Like none of this better be online, blah, blah, blah. Because at this point they're, they're, 
you know, on the outside, they were appreciating this beautiful animal. It's so amazing. And then, like, behind closed doors, they're just shoving it into a car, chaining it up against its own will. Yeah, and then <laughs> the funny thing is that once they get inside the car, I believe he takes a selfie with it, with Okja. He does take a selfie. Right? Yeah, once, once uh, Okja is subdued. So next in this journey, the, the truck is going. Uh, this dude's – I don't have everyone's names. I'm sorry. I have the actors, and even then – it's just Tilda Swinton. I think his name is Mundo, oh. who's like the guy who, uh, who like was in in charge of getting Ocha transported. I think his name is Mundo. Oh yeah, it is. Right, it is Mundo. And uh, we also have the driver, who is an actor from Parasite. He played the the son, the main character of Parasite. He's the, that's uh, who that was. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hilarious. That's who that was. He's so. I could have sworn he was a pop star. <laughs> he does have that look. He well, he looks like he did at the end of Parasite. Yeah, he has that K-pop look. Yeah. But uh, Amija is like, she's like hanging onto the back of the truck. Well, she's on top of the truck, right? Initially, like as they're going under tunnels and stuff, and she's it's pretty crazy. It's like it's a crazy action scene. Yeah. So let me let me just let me just stop right there. So so here's where my theory comes in. Mija has dead parents, right? Yeah. There's one part at the beginning of the film where she's trying to take a shortcut around a mountain. She has a rope. She's leading Okja. She falls. Okja saves her ass by holding onto the rope. Now, while Okja's saving her, she's hanging there for like five minutes. At first, <laughs> she hangs with one arm, Ty, one arm. She and does. She's holding on to, to her <laughs> bag of, of, of fruits with the other one. I was so watching this. I was like, I would be fucked. Thing. I'm like, there's no way I'm hanging on. I'm dead. Yeah, like even if Okja saves your life. So, so she's holding on to this thing for a while. Okja runs, uh, you know, finds, finds a tree jutting out of the mountainside, out of the cliff, uh, you know, Brings the rope, jumps over, does does like a leverage pulley thing, sacrifices her own body to save Mija, uh, which you know we that that comes back later as well. Uh, you know, turns out Oak just survived, so that's cool. Uh, but then when when it's Mija's turn to to risk her life to save Okja, she she's going all out. One, she's running through this city she has probably never been in before, or at least uh, very minimal times yeah. she has been. She's running through it and keeping up pace with this truck. Okay? After she then shattered she, those glass doors by running into them. She shattered the glass doors by running into them and using her sonic reverberation powers. <laughs> she's a superhuman. And the amount of abuse she takes in this movie and comes back at the end for Okja, you know, like, it, she's good. It's true. She's fine. Well, if you watch the special features, they actually interview the grandfather and they ask her how she was able to survive all that. And he says the secret is letting her roam free. So, I you mean, know. that's the key to making the best <laughs> child. Just let them roam free. Just let your kid roam free because they get tough in the mountainside, you know? <laughs> that's right. This would translate so well into an anime. This whole thing seemed like it should have been an anime, but... Live action made it real. You yeah, know? Like, like Grave of the Fireflies level. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so she ends up jumping onto the top of this truck, and she's hanging on to this thing, um, you know, trying to get to Okja. She ends up running off of the back of the truck and then <laughs> hanging from the back of it because it was going through a very short bridge uh, or tunnel area. Uh, yeah, tunnel area. And, um, and that's when the Animal Liberation Front comes in. What are they all about? Uh, so they're a real organization. Um, and they are known for trying to rescue animals from all kinds of situations, whether it's uh, a zoo, um, the meat industry, the dairy industry, or being scientifically experimented on. And um, they're they're kind of portrayed a little over the top, I'd say, in this film. Um, they're they're like, so when they're in this truck, and there's like a whole bunch of them, and they pull up next to them, and they're like, 
hey, we're not terrorists. That's like the first thing they say when over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Like, we're not terrorists. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's Stephen Yoon, who, who's known for playing Glenn in The Walking Dead. Uh, and, and I loved he, him in this role. Yeah, he he's so really good. Uh, he's so good. It was cool. Um, and, and yeah, so they're basically like, we're not terrorists, but we need you to pull over. Uh, we're not going to hurt you, but you should put your seatbelt on, right? Because it's going to about to get real. So they basically like crash into the truck and knock them to the side into the wall. Uh, Mija falls off the back of the truck, right? If I'm not mistaken. Survives, Survives the fall that. off the back of a moving truck. They're moving what, like 50? 60 miles an hour they're on the like a highway right <laughs> like it's like That's how fair. did she sur- That's fair. and the car behind her doesn't kill her i don't know how but she survives um and they basically get out and they they you know they bust Oksha out of the back of this truck that's transporting her and i think this was the first moment that made me cry um if you're very emotional when when you're high do not get high and watch <laughs> this film that that was my first mistake i got i got blazed Turned on this film and the tears just started flowing. So, so, oh my God. So, Mija stands on top of this car and like, and the, the ALF, the Animal Liberation Front, is trying to get Okja kind of wrangled and be like, all right, we got to go. And she just yells out Okja's name and Okja sees her. She sees Okja. And then she starts limp running, uh, you know, to, to Okja. Okja's, you know, battering, batter fucking hitting cars out of the way <laughs> she's juggernauting cars exactly wait mija or okja who knows mija's a superhero <laughs> um but uh, but like they're running toward each other and she kind of just takes off on okja it was it was awesome moment i love that it was, it was jerker we, we also meet uh paul dana is that how you say his name i think so right who's playing the sure. like, the leader of the alf um, and I just, I think he's really cool. Like, there's just something cool about him. Like, he's got, like, this suit, and he's very calm, cool, and collected. He starts, like, spray painting the front of the truck, and, like, he's just, he's just an interesting character. I really like his journey throughout this film. I thought it was going to turn out that he worked for Mirando. Yeah, like, it seemed like he was too good to be true sometimes. Like, he was definitely going to be a bad guy, but um, it wasn't. He was just really devoted to the cause. Yeah, I, and, like, because he just looks so corporate. Like, he always wore a full suit and everything. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, the inside person working for Mirando, but also secretly trying to to save at the animals. I think Miranda the first slaughter. time I saw it, I felt the same way. Um, but, you know, like, it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like there is some corporate level to him because he he's, like, very by the books for the ALF. You know, like, he, he like, he has that... Um, the creed that he follows, you know, and he like sticks straight to the book of that and he never breaks from it. Yeah. So we see that, um, you know, Okja and Mija are escaping through this, uh, through this market. Uh, the really, we don't have to go through every little thing about this scene unless you want to point out something in particular. But what stuck out for me was that the ALF is very anti-violence. Like they, they'll, you know, they'll use umbrellas to block tranquilizer darts. They won't outright fight guys they'll they'll hit the guns out of their hands they might try and pull them away from okja or mija but they won't actually like throw a punch or a kick or bring out any any lethal weapons yeah i think there's like a misconception that people like this like the alf uh like hate humanity and are like violent towards humans they're not their whole thing is they want to protect the lives of every being you know, equally, they don't want to hurt anybody. I, I think Paul Dano's character uh, Jay says at one point, you know, um, we're we're not going to hurt human or non-human. That we're, that's our way. Um, and I think the the umbrella scene was really cool. I really like that. You know, they they step in the way of these like 
these darts that are being shot at Ocha, and they use umbrellas yeah. to block it. And it almost like kind of reminded me of like when uh, I think it was during Vietnam when they put like the flowers and the guns when they were protesting it. You oh know? yeah, like it's Similar like this. Visual. Yeah, and like it's like this moment of like they they could have like fought. But instead, they're using like a peaceful means by using the umbrella as like a shield. And like you said, they knock the guns out of their hands. Like they don't want to hurt anybody, but they're not going to just, um, you know, just stand there. And I've heard, you know, like a, like a bystander just watching someone get abused. No, they're protecting, they're protecting Ocha and they're protecting Mija too. And it's good to see that from a different perspective, that it's not always just these psychos who are throwing red paint on people and, uh, and, and trying to ruin people's lives. But it's like you said, just people trying to help everybody's life yeah i mean and, and there, there's some interesting point parts about the alf like when they're in the truck later uh the one guy he's not he's not eating right because he says um all food processing is exploitive which is interesting because you know what he's saying is exploitive of humans as well so it, it just reinforces yes. the fact that they don't want to take advantage of anybody but it's a little dramatic a little over the top like he's passing out because he won't eat and I, I think it's like those dramatics that people expect from from especially like a vegan liberation group yeah i i noted that part too like he's like oh i won't eat a tomato because it was processed in this and that and i've actually known that argument to be used more by anti-vegan people than those who are are pro-vegan like they're they're always like oh your avocado costs this many workers and and blah 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 or um this weekend D's father was telling me about his best friend in the world Ted Nugent and how he was saying like oh well you know if if vegans and vegetarians want to eat soy guess how many animals are are mowed down during that soy harvesting process, the soybean harvesting. And and that, that former guy I was talking about earlier who was like, I respect you being a vegan dude. That was his thing too. He yeah. was like, How many rabbits are in the field that are, you know, that are getting mowed down by by, you know, people harvesting these soybeans and stuff. But it's like I, it just seems like such a fallacy to me. Because it's not equivalent. Like no way. There's no way it's equivalent. It can't be. Because the people that are bringing this up are the people who don't care about it anyway. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter to them. Like it could be soybeans. It could be corn. It could be anything else. Like I mean, if you want to break it down, yeah. Uh, even even the the plants we eat are living matter up until they're harvested. And and yes, the the people who are who are uh, who are harvesting these or or working in these conditions, they uh, often do end up being exploited uh, people as well. Uh, you know, uh, uh, sociopolitically um, disadvantaged people who who have no choice but to do this kind of labor. Yeah, I mean, but if we took the resources that go into um, you know factory farming, the dairy industry that make all these corporations rich, like Mirando, you know, maybe we could stop exploiting workers um, and find a better way to make you know the pay. Uh, better for them, obviously, the you know make make their job easier. You know the, the factory farm farming industry, like the conditions in these meatpacking plants are horrible. Like we heard a lot of this right now with you know with COVID nineteen and like how dangerous it is because they're just like packed together and and you know low wages and it, it's really dirty and you know it's it's not healthy for anyone. So I feel like there's there's got to be alternatives to that. Um, you know, and, and like you said, a lot of people they don't want to admit that they, they'd rather put it back on us. And this film was written by someone who's not vegan. So that might be where this argument comes from, from, from the ALF. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that Bong Joon-ho wasn't vegan. That's amazing that he was still able to make a film like this, even, even so. Yeah. 
you know, but I guess it's just like us. Like you knew about factory farming before when you were eating meat, weren't like, didn't you? Like, yeah, I, I never paid attention to it though. Yeah, exactly. But it, all the information was there. We all knew it. We all knew it was gross. We just didn't want to see how it was made. Yeah, exactly. But I really am not a fan of that argument because the person, the person who's posting that thing about, oh, your avocado, your plant-based lifestyle is costing this many people this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but you're still eating a cheeseburger while you fucking post that. And an, and an avocado. <laughs> so yeah, you're eating a cheeseburger eating with an avocado on it. So it's like, like stop, stop trying to pretend that I'm on a high horse by being on your high horse, if, the, if that makes any sense. I agree. I definitely agree. I, I think the, the key is, like I think you said earlier, um, it, it's not preaching it. You know, it's like if people have questions, they want to know about it. I'm more than happy to talk about it, you know, if you legitimately want to know. But I'm not going to walk through my job and be like, be like, oh, go vegan, do this. You know what I mean? Because that's where people turn against you. They don't want they don't want you to come at them um, from that kind of standpoint. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the last thing I'll say about that, too, is just think about the con- like you said, the conditions in which people work in factory farming. So it's like, OK, so don't tell me about how unethical my lifestyle choice is when you're still uh when you're still supporting an unethical uh, system. Absolutely. You know, you're not, you're not going out to a free range farm and, and, uh, and, and choosing your animal to get slaughtered and taking every single part of that animal and putting it to good use. You're going to, and nor would I expect you to, okay? We're, we're, we don't have that kind of money. We don't have that kind of time on our hands, the average person, you know? So, so, but, but you're still going to the supermarket and picking up that chopped meat off the thing that, 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 you know, people who have worked in, uh, factory farming have, have, uh, talked about the PTSD they have from having to do their job because of all the stuff they have to go through. They're smelling like blood. They're bashing things in the head with sledgehammers. They're, they're doing all sorts of terrible things. And I think when, when they're face to face with it, they realize like, yeah, this is like slaughtering a dog or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. Uh, and I think in this scene, that same ALF member mentions, you know, reducing his carbon footprint as much as possible. And there's so many people in the world that, uh, they want to do that, right? Like they still eat meat, they still eat dairy, they, et cetera, et cetera, but they do want to reduce their carbon footprint. So they, you know, whether they choose to ride a bike more often and, and driving a car, they try to clean the beaches and the oceans, you know? Um, and this is a really simple way to reduce your carbon footprint. Yeah. Like I'd like to think of uh, car- your carbon footprint as uh, breaking your phone, right? A crack in your phone screen. That's your carbon footprint. So I have people who are throwing their phones under car tires and telling me like, oh, like, you know, your phone's still broken, right? Even though like I've dropped mine and it cracked once. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. my, my footprint is still there and I'm not proud of what it has to be right now, but I'm still not doing as bad as I was three years ago. No, you've significantly, significantly improved. Um, and, you know, if you guys want to know more about that, there's plenty of documentaries, uh, Cowspiracy being one of them among many others. So definitely look into it if that's interesting to you. Holy shit, I did do the whole preachy thing, didn't I? A little bit. Yeah, it's hard. It's oh, hard well. to get into, into it <laughs> without doing it. You know, we're passionate about it. And I hope the people listening here don't feel that way. I hope they want to learn. Um, and maybe they just want to know about this movie, but hopefully like it, it piques their interest, even if they just want to know more about the lifestyle so they can understand it, even if they're not interested in, in making that, you know, their life. Yeah. And, and just like you said, it is a passion. Like 
it's taken me a bit to get over it. I'll be honest. Like the first year I was vegan, I tried my best not to be the obnoxious vegan, but like it's it's a fucking belief system, bro. Like I I at my core believe that factory farming and and uh, you know and mass dairy production the way that it's done today is wrong. That is my belief system. And every day I see people who go against that belief system. So if, you know, once in a while, like I say something that upsets you, like, so, sorry, but not, I'm not, I'm not sorry at all. Like it, it's like, it would be like me telling you like, oh, why your religion is bullshit. That's your belief system. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, so that's, that's where that passion comes from. And it, Literally, religion is preached, right? So, yeah, sometimes the preachiness does happen. Nowadays, you know, like you said, I just try and keep my shit to myself unless somebody asks. Absolutely. You know, and like, you know, from a perspective of if you're going out to eat with somebody, right, if you're vegan and the other person isn't, you're not going to make the choice to eat, you know, meat or dairy or things like that because it goes against your belief system. But that person can eat the same food you're eating without going against what they believe in, right? Because it's part of their diet anyway. It's just not the main part of it. So I think there's just, you know, uh, people don't realize we can't come together a little bit if they, you know, they look at things from a different perspective a little bit more. Yeah, that was, you know, I'll go off on a quick story right here. But uh, at my, I had a job working human resources and my boss wanted to uh, treat me to lunch for the last day. At this point, it had been known that, that, yeah, I'm, I'm vegan. And so I chose a vegan restaurant. Now it was supposed to be vegan and a uh, standard menu. I don't like using the term regular because, well, vegan food is regular food. No one's yep. ever eaten a salad and been like, oh, well, I love, you know, <laughs> I'm fucking eating a vegan. That's gross. You know, so whatever. But uh, but I chose Three Brothers in Garden City. They're part of the Three Brothers chain, I believe, on Long Island, where you know it's Italian food, Italian fare. Uh, some of them are hybrid restaurants. Some of them are strictly vegan. So I I chose this place and I sent the menu out to everybody. And like there were people who were upset, like in the office, and they were like, "Oh, can we choose a place where we can eat something too?" It's like, you fucking can. What are you talking about? I know you, you can eat. All of this. And you don't have to choose a meat substitute. You can get eggplant. You can get pasta. Like, there's, like, it doesn't have to be seitan or, or, or tempeh or, or, like, some kind of, you know, uh, soy meat. Like, you can just get, like, a regular pasta dish or an eggplant dish and, and just not have cheese on it. You know? Like, it, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And that's when, like, it, it showed me that this person in general was more concerned with feeling good that she did something for me than actually doing the thing for me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yep. Um, you know, meanwhile, any time that they voted on going on a place to lunch, I was like, go for it. I'll find something to eat. It's not a restrictive uh, diet. I don't want to even want to say diet. It's a lifestyle. But it's not that restrictive of a lifestyle once you just open your mind and, and do a Google search or two. Uh, so no matter where where we went, I would be like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll go to we'll go to Chinese. We'll go to an Italian place. We'll go, you know, we'll whatever. We'll go to a barbecue place. I'll order a set of fries. Like yeah, there's options you know, everywhere worry, except fucking IHOP. All they have is a fruit bowl. So fuck them. Oh uh, wait, really? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I went there for a meeting for my job, and that was the only food I could eat was a fruit bowl. What about that's... the hash browns? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe they you might, get a side of I, hash browns. There have been times that I've asked for them to make them in oil, but you know, who knows that 
maybe it was on the same fucking girl they just made big. Like, you know, we'll get into that later because that was one of the questions uh, that a friend asked the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be fun to get into. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that. So so let's let's continue this then. Uh, I, I digressed us quite a bit. Um, oh, I, I noted, yup, fuck this grandpa dude. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait. That's that's way that's way later on. I was saying so we're not the, there yet. Yeah, yeah. So the so the when they fuck that grandpa. So the ALF um makes it makes some sort of a compromise with with Mija. What is it exactly? So you know Jay, the leader, is trying to explain to her, and K, um, who knows some Korean, is able to translate for him, uh, and, and he's basically telling telling Mija that. Their plan. He knows some Korean the language. He doesn't just know a random. Korean, <laughs> yes, right? he knows the language. All right, Korean. cool. He knows because Major does not speak English. She is from South Korea, uh, born and raised. Um, does not know English. So in the forest is where she spent most of her days. Most of her days. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping he'd do that. Um, oh. <laughs> so, so the plan is to actually re-release Okja to the Miranda Corporation, but they're going to have like a like a recording device. Um, surveillance that, yeah, yeah that, that would replace this black box that that the Miranda corporation has in the ears of all these super pigs and this device will allow them to record what is happening inside this facility and Kay explains that um okja is not a natural being that she was an experiment from i think in jersey right at, at a lab and that fucking jersey yeah dude. fucking Imagine, jersey no i'm just kidding guys you, th- <laughs> you thought <laughs> but, it was chilly and it turns out you came from jersey yeah like it, it well you know their whole thing was it's natural it's not natural it's it's a scientific experiment like you don't know t- you don't know what's in Ocha, right so if you want to look at it from that viewpoint like this could be very toxic to humans at the end of it like you don't know but anyway so they're going to release her back so that when she goes to this lab they can get some behind the scenes stuff they would never be able to get otherwise and that will allow them to release it um and, and show the world the truth about the miranda corporation thus hopefully saving the lives of all the other super pigs that they would make from being butchered um and and, and you know they, they have this creed the alf and Kay says, I will not do this without your consent. And a lot of the other members of ALF are like, come on, we got to do this. This is our mission. We can't just give up on it. But he says, no, this is what separates us. Like we have this creed. It's been around for 40 years. We're going to stick by it. You know, we need your help. If you say no, we won't do it. Um, so they and ask And if her, I could just yeah, go ahead. you off again, uh, the his whole rationalization for this plot to Mija is that Okja's only going to be with Mirando for a day before Okja gets, uh, you know, honored at this parade. Like, they're not going to do any experiments that are invasive that will leave, uh, you know, visual scars or markings. Like, Okja's physically going to be okay. She's too precious. They need her as their, their poster child. So, they're like, you know, it's just, just to get us some inside info on this lab. And, of course, uh, you know, Mija, after knowing all this, decides, no, I want to go back to the mountains with Okja. And Kay lies. He he, without even hesitation, he translates saying that, "Yup, she's agreed." And they're all like, "Yes, you know, you did it. You you saved it. You, you know, you're gonna make this mission happen." They're all so happy. And and Mija doesn't understand. She doesn't understand English, so she thinks that they're gonna bring you know bring Ocha back to the mountains. During this moment, I had actually questioned uh, Kay once again, Stephen Yun's character. I was wondering if his translation was off because he has shown that he's really not too great at translating between English and Korean. Yes. Uh, but but we do find out a couple scenes later that, no, he, he did it on purpose. He lied so that way the mission would go through knowing full well that Mija did not consent to this plan. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. So the ALF, they abandon the truck. They leave Okja to be retaken, and they actually dive into a river to escape. Now, even though the ALF has escaped, this has made it all over the news, this whole chase and, uh, and, you know, Mirando is suffering a PR crisis. So they decide they're going to reunite Mija and Okja uh, in, in public at this amazing parade that they're holding in New York City. And, of course, the grandpa jumps on it because he wants the money. You know, they promise him, yeah, Mija's going to be doing commercials for Mirando. You guys are going to be set. And, of course, he sells her out. And by the there's no, no repercussions for this son of a bitch at the end of the film, I just realized. <laughs> No, there are none. It's a tough one. He just one. gets forgiven. He's an old man trying to take care of his granddaughter, most likely, and uh, you know they're living on a poor farm. I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't think he's doing it maliciously. I just think he's very greedy. He wants to give a better life, wants more money. Yeah. So, um, so we do see that, uh, you know, that while Mija's undergoing this, uh, this extreme makeover process to make her look marketable for uh you know for for Mirando to to be the new face of Mirando they want they want her to be the new face and for uh Dr. Larry uh Jake Gyllenhaal's character to kind of take a back seat while she's doing this makeover we see that um Okja is is the the victim of of Jake Gyllenhaal's character's um toxic masculinity rage if you can call it that yeah, I mean this is this is a really really difficult scene to watch. It's really brutal. Fuck you. All right. You <laughs> I did not know this was going to happen in the movie. Um you know, so so trigger warning for for um for uh sexual assault. So basically they so this part of the movie brings to light something I Honestly, I didn't even think about it until I saw it. But, uh, but you know, there's there's this forced mating that happens. They bring Okja in, and then they bring in this other super pig who also is working against, uh, you know, against his own will. And um, this super pig is jacked. Like he is, like yeah, it's a maybe male he was giant super pig. Yeah, he's a stud super pig. Like maybe he was like pumped with steroids. We don't know. This super pig rapes Okja. And the whole thing is recorded, and it, it's just it's it's just so fucking terrible because uh, at this point we you know we've we've gotten to see Okja as this you know this beautiful innocent cute cuddly creature, and um you know it's it's just a terrible scene, and yeah, uh, it, it take her innocence, you know. Yeah, but it actually made me Google like, is this something that's that's done? And it it turns out there is. Yeah, there's there's forced mating. Uh, that that happens within the the meat industry. Now, I had known about it in the dairy industry, yes, and yep. uh, from what I understood, the dairy industry, or at least the majority of it, uh, they just uh, put the cow in what's called a rape rack and then artificially inseminate it by uh, shoving one hand, uh, one arm up the cow's ass. Uh, that's a medical term to to massage the uterus, and then a long needle. Uh, with with uh, sperm or semen on the end of it gets inserted into the cow to impregnate it. Um, a lot a lot of people it blows me away. Even vegetarians because they'll be like, oh well, you know, cows just produce milk anyway, uh, so I can eat cheese and drink milk and be totally fine with that. That's that's how you get milk. That's how you get your milk. Yeah. You know, by raping by raping the cows. Yeah, yeah the, the cows are raped, and that's how the milk happens. Because I don't know why I didn't come to this conclusion either. 
Uh, but I've I've heard such expressions as, oh, well, they're just producing it anyway. And the similar expression of, well, they're just peeing it out anyway. Why not? Uh, but Dude, I, I literally thought like back in the day that it was a farm with old McDonald sitting down on his little bucket and fucking, you know, just getting in there in the uterus and just getting the milk out, you know, and that was it. Like you do that in the morning and the cow would just go about its day. Uh, and I, I don't know why, but I just assumed that's how it happened. Because that's the imagery that was fed to you, though. It's the yep. imagery that's fed to all of us. Like, we see, like, oh, you know, happy fucky farms, and there's a cow on it. And the cow might even be smiling, depending on the imagery. But but no, that's that's how milk is made. Humans don't produce milk. I mean, sometimes there are cases. But humans don't produce milk on the whole unless they are pregnant. Yes. Yep. Mammals do not produce milk uh, from their mammary glands unless they are pregnant. So that's how it's for a baby cow, our... right? That's what milk is. It's it's to help a baby cow grow. Yeah, and that's um you know one of the big arguments against dairy, not just the ethical portion of it and all of the terrible conditions that these cows are in because it's not old mcdonald no uh you know milking them manually it's machines that they're being hooked up to that are are you know milking the hell out of them and the worst part is that after this cow gives birth they either take that calf for uh, to be bred into another milk making animal or that calf goes to become a meat Yep, they butcher the the boy, you know? Yeah. And so once again, if you don't eat meat but you still eat dairy, you are still contributing to factory farming and to the meat industry and that slaughter. Yeah, people don't know that. And and a lot of times when these cows are no longer able to give birth, what do you think they do with them? They butcher them too. You know what? Uh, I'm not sure if I ever told you this, but I I tried veal once and- Yeah, it was a while. It was yesterday. No, it was. Um, <laughs> I tried Sometimes you eat something you don't realize it's not vegan. You know. You know, oh, veal's not vegan. What? Um, but uh, but no, I, I I tried it a while ago, probably back in my teens, and I concluded that I will never eat veal again. But I still decided that it was cool to eat all the other animals. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. Like, I will never do that. I won't eat a baby animal. You know, that's that's fucked up. But then they'll. They'll eat everything else. They'll eat dairy, which will lead to that anyway. So, yeah, I think the big failure here is just how uh, misinformed we are and uneducated about this stuff. Because there are still people who believe that eggs are baby chickens, when in yeah. fact uh, it's just chickens' uh, menstruation. Yep. You know, just like you know, humans, we have an egg that comes out of us every month. Uh, if it's unfertilized, chickens have that same thing. You know, their eggs are going to come out fertilized or unfertilized. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah, so so, so that's what happens in this scene here. And yeah. we just see, like, Okja's pretty beaten down at this point. Yeah. And, the ALF uh, is so watching, that- right? They're watching this whole thing. Um, and they're clearly disturbed by it. Uh, and some of them are like, oh, turn it off. And others of them are like, no, we have to record it. You know, we put her in this position. We have to do this. Um, and I think somebody brings up, well, no, uh, Mija agreed to this. And yeah, Kay admits that he lied. He's like, no, Mija, Mija wanted to go back home to the mountains. Yeah, Kay admits it. Jay kicks the shit out of him. Yeah, we see like this like explosive anger, you know? Like Jay, like, he's like, oh, you mean the world to me? And he takes like his headset off and he bashes his head into the desk. He just starts beating him and beating him and saying he's banned from from the ALF. He broke the creed. He can never come back, but they're going to keep using his equipment anyway and they'll return it to him when they're done. (laughs) That's right. I forgot that equipment part. 
but yeah, this is uh this is rough, especially on uh, on the leader Jay because he had promised Mija that they weren't going to do anything too bad to her to Okja uh, during the one day that that Okja's with Miranda, and yet uh, here we go. And then so also Doctor Larry, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. He was made a fool of by by Tilda Swinton's character earlier, and so he's getting drunk and he's taking it out on Okja, and he starts like taking pieces of meat out of Okja, uh, and then uh, like it's it's little pieces of meat, but it's still very painful. Like yep. it's it's what would be equivalent to like you know a, a a ramen noodle or something a little thicker than that. Like, and the that's whole the whole time he's doing it too, he's like, yes. I love animals. He's like, I'm not gonna eat it. We have tasters for that, and I'm sorry this is gonna hurt. Yeah, like he's like, I'm not the bad guy. You know, I'm I'm still good. I'm not gonna eat your meat. I'm just doing it to you. Sorry, uh, I once knew a priest who said the same thing. <laughs> but uh, but, I'm, uh, but but yeah, this actually goes back to my HR position. There was another person who worked there who claimed was to he be a priest? the biggest. Uh, no. Oh, okay. uh, she she was uh she was a woman who uh, claimed to be the biggest animal lover in the world, uh, but. I had never, Ty, and I mean in one year of working with her, never seen her eat a meal that didn't have meat in it. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, you know, I would stop in front of farms that were doing the wrong thing and be like, you're not treating your animals right, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I love this chicken salad. Like, <laughs> so you know, ironic. and that's another thing too, though. Like, like I've seen people who are very aware that that these – um that there are quote unquote ethical or, or free roaming or free range farms that are raising animals. And, um, and, and honestly, like if it's between that and factory farming, like, yeah, like let a trained professional who really takes care of their animals, uh, you know, raise them and raise them. Well, just let them run around. Yep. Right. Like yep. grandpa McFuckface. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're aware of this, but still like when they go to a restaurant, there's, you know, they're still choosing to get whatever food the restaurant has. And guess what? They didn't get their meat from that free range place. No. Or they go it, to the supermarket. Yeah. It's interesting. Like uh, my girlfriend, she she watches chickens for this elderly lady. And um, this lady has had chickens for many years and she loves them. You know, she takes their eggs. She eats their eggs instead of buying her from the store. But she will eat chicken. You know, and that's that's crazy. Man. Like you have really? all these pet chickens that you love, that you take care of. And yet you will go to a restaurant and get a chicken dish. You know, it's like it's like you have your dog or your cats and then you go to the restaurant and you eat that. It's just like I, I don't understand, uh, you know, how how you don't make that connection. And it is interesting to see where people draw the line, too, because there are people who are like, oh, those sickos in this country or that country with their dog trade or their cat meat trade or whatever. And like I'm there being like, yeah, that's fucked up. But like there it's all fucked up. Yeah, like, I, I mean, we eat pigs, right? Pigs are one of the most intelligent animals in the world. You can teach a pig to play video games. No joke. They're that smart. But we eat them anyway. So it's it's kind of like, I, you know, I don't know. What's what's really the difference between a dog, a cat, a pig, a cow? Um, it, just culture, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is the culture, and it shouldn't be this way, but it is what humans make of them like an animal's worth is judged by humans because as i mentioned uh last episode we took ourselves out of the food chain at this point so you know we'll choose this animal to domesticate it and this animal to eat 
But, uh, but you know, we could still have all the same interactions. Like, um, you know, the way you hug a dog or interact with a dog, you can do it with a chicken, with a turkey, with a cow, with a uh, with a pig, especially. Like, yeah. Um, and they go into that in this movie, too. Like, Okja is very intelligent. Very intelligent. All of the super pigs are, we eventually learn. Yeah, and they ha- and uh, and Okja has this this relationship with Mija that like Mija can tell if Okja is happy or sad just by the way Okja sounds and and it, it kind of sounds ridiculous, uh, but like so I we just got our first dog uh, from a rescue a few months ago and it is weird like there's that relationship you have with this animal like you're in the same house together you don't eat the same food you don't uh speak the same language but you are like best fucking friends yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy you know it, you know it, it, they see it okja even recognizes mija's voice over the phone you know it just shows over the like phone. the intelligence level there and that brings up the question too like is that what people should look into when deciding uh, to eat an animal. Is it smart? Is that what, uh, you know, what makes it okay? Like, I remember my ex, she wouldn't eat any red meat, but she would eat chickens. And, you know, when asked why, ch- why it's okay to eat chicken, she's like, oh, chickens are stupid. Like, <laughs> it's just so weird. But it's also like me saying I won't eat veal because it's cruel. When <laughs> the whole practice is cruel anyway. Yeah, it, it, in the end, I guess it really doesn't make sense. But unfortunately, people don't realize it. It's not, a lot of times it's not their fault. No, it's not. Uh, we, like I said, we're misinformed. We're we're uneducated regarding these things. Um, you know, we've we've really lost our way in the fact that, like, when humanity first started eating meat, it wasn't a big part of our diet. That you know, we we would eat meat when it was in season, when we were able to, and from a health perspective, we spent all day hunting these animals yeah. and setting traps for them and stuff like it was a you know it was a fitness thing that like that you had to go through you know a marathon to get these animals for you to eat as as a once in a while thing but now like america has such problems with obesity because instead of you know spending all day tracking this animal with a fucking spear or a bow and arrow all we have to do is drive through sonic and be like hey give me a hot dog in my my face hole like well it's, it's definitely like a, it was a european thing you know we the europeans brought a meat heavy diet to places like latin america that you know was was primarily you know uh you know rice and and produce um same you thing fucking with, would say rice i would no i'm kidding I, no. rice is a huge part <laughs> of it because it's true same with japan uh japan was a, yeah. a big buddhist country and buddhism really promotes vegetarianism um and then you know some ruler forget his name he decided to make things more westernized so you know they started mm-hmm. eating more meat and it's like you see this all around the world uh, and, and America is the epitome of this now. You know, we are we are the fattest nation in the world, um, and we we love to eat our meat. Yeah, we we really really do. Uh, I've you know often been told that like that's the American way too. Like once again, when I'm with my fiance's family and you know we're barbecuing, and they'll be like, oh, uh, you know, is that Mike's burger or is it an American burger? Yeah, you know, yep. so, something like that. Um, you know, it is, it is very ingrained in our culture. And it's so funny too, when people are like, oh, vegans are preachy. They're always shoving this stuff down our throats. It's like, look at any billboard, look at any commercial, look at any Arby's commercial for as awesome as Arby's, uh, social media team is and making really cool art (laughs) stuff. They do. um, They do do that. They're they're really fucking cool. Like ketchup and cardboard and everything like that. Uh, but you know, they like their whole premise is we have the meats. Yeah. It's everywhere. 
everything is about me. Like, and once you once you kind of step outside of it, bro. Once you fucking take the red pill, bro, <laughs> and like, and you step outside, don't you see sheep. the code. Like, but you like when you don't want anything to do with me, you notice how much meat is everywhere. It's crazy. I'm, I'm watching Hulu, and there's a commercial from Carl's Jr. I don't even know what the fuck those are, but they they uh, the <laughs> whole commercial anyway. is a close up of a burger with bacon sizzling, and it's like smell the bacon. oh breathe in yeah that one that one it's I'm like I'm like this entire commercial is just that it's literally that and it's it's on Hulu like every time I watch it I get that commercial I'm like Jesus man this is always in your face um, yeah, and I think this movie ASMR. really goes into that uh, I, I won't jump ahead but I will bring it up when we get to that part there's there's a huge part that shows just how these corporations are really pushing their agenda on you yeah that's I believe that's happening at the parade yes um, yep the parade is, exactly now is is there anything you want to bring up before the parade I mean there's they go into this whole like uh you know power struggle between Tilda Swinton and her twin sister. Um, you know, which is cool, but it wasn't really like a huge thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, from what I understand, like their father had been running the company and he was like a real tyrant, a real monster. And then one of the twins took over and she was very similar to the, to the father. Um, and then there was a PR incident. So she backed away and her sister took over and her sister is the one that wants to like Trump, Trump, the whole company, you know, she like wants to put her name on pajamas and like, you know, make, make like all the marketing. Like that's her big thing. She's not so much about, you know, actually like smart business decisions, but just trying to market things. Um, and Which is, yeah, it's very interesting. You say like, it is a Trump thing too, because like she started from meat and wants to venture out into other stuff. Trump yep. started from real estate. And at one point tried to venture into meat. <laughs> there you go. See, but uh, yeah, I think Mija, you know, they, they bring Mija on board here to to be at this parade. Um, and while they're getting her ready, Jay comes to her and tells her that he's going to help break Ocha out at the parade. Um, and, he, you know, he tells her, don't don't look at the screen behind you. Just, you know, just look ahead. We're going to get Ocha out of there. I'm sorry this happened. Yeah, uh, he does his, um, uh, what's that Christmas movie with Andrew Lincoln? With Andrew Lincoln? Andrew Lincoln's in a Christmas movie, dude. I don't know. This felt like a Wes Anderson moment to me, to be honest with you, where he's like sliding down the uh, fire escape and he's like changing his outfit and everything. It it is very uh, it is very Wes Andersony. It's it's love actually. When, oh, okay, uh, okay. He's he's talking to his best friend's uh, wife, but he doesn't want his friend to know he's there, so he just has these uh, cards that he that he has. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so Jay does a similar thing, except you know these cards are translated in Korean. And um, I had something to say about the advertisement. What at the at the parade or? Yeah. Well, like they're handing out meat, right? Like the pieces of the super pig to the audience, including like little kids. You know, like like it, it just shows that they'll they they'll stop at nothing to promote their image, even if it's forcing their product on a child who really doesn't have much of a say in this. You know, and you see that. I think in the real world too, where, you know, children are exploited to push an image. Um, but yeah, like they're just, you know, they're, they're this huge parade, you know, it's, they're just like, look at our, our product. You're going to eat our product. Try it. Here you go. You know, it's like, it's all around us all the time. And it's just so normalized, which is what I think, uh, you know, the real problem is like, I've, you know, I've talked to people who have, who have been like, oh, well, uh, you know, when you have kids, are you going to raise them vegan? My answer is, if I have kids, yeah, 
Like, once again, that's like me coming to you and be like, oh, so if you have kids, are you going to raise them Jewish? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I realize that there's no holy land that I'm fighting for in my in my belief system necessarily. But but yeah, it is it is an ethical system of beliefs. Yeah, it's like why would you make that choice and then not raise your child the same way, you know? Yeah, and it's the whole like, oh well they have to make that choice. And it's like, okay, so they should also make the choice to eat meat then, shouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. It's like why why is it the other way around? You know, and if your your entire goal is to stop the killing of animals um, to reduce your carbon footprint, why would you have a child and then have them just take up what you stop doing? Yeah, it, it it really just doesn't make sense. But uh, but it's funny how no one ever thinks of it the other way, and that's why it's so ingrained in us. You know, like it should be the kid's choice to eat meat. I've been around, uh, you know, my fiance's family, her godchildren, and one of her kids was like, like they started asking a lot of questions when I went vegan and, you know, I started answering them as best I could. And their mom was like, oh, don't tell them that, you know, they won't eat, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK, like let them make the choices they're going to make with the facts they have. Yeah. Like why, why is it the other way around? You're absolutely right. You know, they should if, if an individual is presented with all of the information they need and then choose to eat meat, then that's on them. I It, it really it came to me yesterday while I was driving back home. Uh, we were we were in the country for the weekend, and um, you know I actually ended up uh, barbecuing uh, all of the meat and my uh, my substitutes because I really uh, love this woman. I'm gonna marry. You know, it just just like the you know the stuff her father said, and and honestly, for for as much shit as he gives me, he's always the first one. Like if he's grilling to be like, give me the other spatula for Mike's burger. Come on. Like, like, you know, like they're fucking supportive of it. You yeah. Know, don't get yeah. me wrong. But you know, it just occurred to me, like the reason you eat meat is because you were told as a child, you have to eat meat. Exactly. That it was the normal thing to do. If it, if it was the other way around, like, you know, it would, it would be the exact opposite, right? It'd be a small pop, you know, group, small percentage of people eating meat and probably mainly would be vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, and I mean, just like from a very natural standpoint, if you and me never knew like civilization and we were raised in the wild and uh, like, you know, I was, you know, we were like harvesting shit, uh, you know, like harvesting like, you know, whatever vegetation was there. For me, if I could find beans, I'd go crazy on beans. I love them. And then all of a sudden you like break a rock over a deer's head and start like tearing it open. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, like what, <laughs> what the, the fuck? fuck? What are you doing? Jesus Christ, man. You lost like, it. You know, that's you know, that's really the wild one. Um, you know, then, of course, there is a whole theory that, that we first came into being intelligent because we ate meat. But, um, you know, once again, the way we ate meat back in the day is nothing like the way we eat meat now. No. It's the Eating meat has aged about as well as our basic Bill of Rights has. <laughs> yes, I, I would say it's pretty, uh, pretty fair. Oh, so the other thing I wanted to bring up was that um, you know, Tilda Swinton, she brings up how uh, how people are afraid of like GM foods, like GMOs, and so that's why she came up with this whole face for the company and 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 said like, oh, it's all non-GMO, it's all organic, it's all free range, it's all ethically, blah blah blah, because that's what people want. Like, so people do want to have a clean conscience, but they still want to eat meat. Like they still want to do the bad thing, but they want to do it in a way that makes them okay with sleeping at night. Yeah, I think they want you to lie to them, right? Like you, ignorance is bliss. So if they don't have to see the truth, 
you know, have the guilt. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And, you know, it goes back to why we made fun of your girlfriend when when we first met her for being uh, vegan or vegetarian. It was because we, I think, knew deep down, like, what we were doing was wrong. We felt inferior. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because she was just living... I don't want to be like living a superior lifestyle, but well, that's the thing. Like people are like, "Oh, you act like you're superior because you're vegan." No, you're projecting that onto us. You know, like I'm not saying I'm superior to you. You're just assuming that. And where does that come from? It's that yeah, like I've I've literally never done anything but ask, but like answer people's questions, Same. and they take that as an attack. Exactly. Same. So they they had this whole parade. They uh, you know, they get uh, Mija out there to to meet. Okja for the first time since uh you know since they were together in Korea and so th- this this brought me back to the intelligence of pigs you know what i mean once again Okja is given human like eyes and i think they did that very much on purpose and you can if you look closely you see that Okja also has the eyelashes uh that i was talking about from the Kat Von D interview yeah um you know but when we see Okja now like everyone's cheering and they're loving this animal cuz they never really get to see animals like this i guess and, uh, you know, but Mija knows. She knows something's wrong. She brought Okja one of the peppers that she loves to eat. And, you know, she hits the pepper out of Mija's hand. Her eyes are, are like, completely blood, bloodshot. Uh, blood vessels have exploded in them. And, and she, like, can't keep her footing. She can't walk right. Like, you know, this animal does not seem tame. This animal does not seem intelligent because even just one day, with Miranda being in this system has broken her. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's horrible. And and she actually lashes out Amija, right? She I think she bites her. And it's like, you know, what all it took was that that one day and they were able to to take away everything from this beautiful relationship they had. And that's why it's so easy for people to see like these are just animals. They were put here for us to eat. They have no intelligence blah blah blah. But if people saw that the intelligence of their favorite house pet is the same intelligence that a livestock animal is capable of, they they might just change their minds. Uh, but, you know, they, they don't see these livestock animals except in these terrible, torturous conditions, um, which is where Okja's just come from. So this is, I want to say, the second uh, cry moment that I had. And... Um, it's so Okja uh, takes Mija's arm in her mouth, like full on uh, takes Mija's arm and like has her down on the stage. It looks like she's about to eat Mija whole. And uh, Jay, he grabs a mic stand to hit Okja to, 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 you know, help loosen her grip and get Mija out of there. And Mija grabs the fucking mic stand before it can hit Okja. And that's the tears tie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had to get a whole new shirt because they were just oh cascading God. down my manly chest. Well, like, th- well, this whole thing is like no one in the world really cares about Okja except for Mija. You know, even the ALF, like they care about her because she's an animal. And they don't want her to be hurt, but they care more about their mission. You know, like Mija's the only one that actually cares about Okja, you know, that specific animal and that's, you know, that personality and will do anything to protect her. Yeah. I, and, and that, you know, that's, uh, reflected in, in this this really beautiful and powerful moment, uh, she whispers something into Okja's ear that she had whispered earlier on, and uh, Okja realizes who she is and lets go of her arm. Uh, she survives being bitten by a several ton super pig 
Once again, superhuman child from Korea. I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't think it's a carnivore, so hopefully the teeth weren't too sharp. Yeah, the teeth did look uh, very flat, like what an herbivore would have. Yeah. So, uh, so then, you know, the authorities are coming, the black chalk, as they call them. I guess they're like what, like the private military for Mirando? Yeah, and the ALF, you know, they have followers all over in the stands, and they've, they've come forward to, to, you know, help them get Oakshire and escape. They're playing the recording of her being raped and abused um, on all the TVs. Like, they've completely taken over. Uh, and earlier in the film, they had mentioned that the NYPD had a um, an arrangement with Miranda. And, you know, we see the police showing up. And they use excessive force against the ALF. You know, they're, they're, you know the ALF are branded as terrorists, right? I think the FBI once said that eco-terrorists are the number one terrorist organizations in the world. Because they um, they interfere with with capitalism with with you know the food chain, and you could see it here. You know the the ALF are, are just trying to get Ocha away, and this police force is just brutal. You know, hitting them in the head with nightsticks and, and just really going to town on them. Yeah, it's bad, and uh, you know we're not sure up until later on in the movie who survived and who didn't because yeah. they're being hit that hard. All right, all you cool super pigs out there, we're going to put a pin in it for the moment. Please make sure to tune in next week while we were finished reviewing the film and also answer your questions about veganism. In the meantime, we're going to write out on the following song. This is a song by Prince, who then became the artist formerly known as Prince and then became Prince again. Rest in peace, buddy. And this song is called Animal Kingdom. In the meantime, no matter what you're drinking, what you're eating what you're cooking. Remember to never stop thinking, never stop learning, and read between the lines. God wanted milk and me the breast I suck would have a line around the hood. No member of the animal kingdom Nurses past maturity No member of the animal kingdom Ever did a thing to me That's why I don't eat bread and meat or white fish Leave your brothers and sisters in the sea